Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, how are you? I'm good, man. How about you? Well, I uh, spent last night in the uh, titular nighthouse. Oh, did you? Nice. How was it? Air- they rent it out as an Airbnb now? Is oh, they that- sure do. They sure do, Matt. Uh, you know, it's pretty good up until 5 a.m. in the morning where everything starts to turn on and you hear whispery voices. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel yeah, that. Uh, yes, today we are reviewing David Bruckner's The Nighthouse, starring Rebecca Hall, uh, Sarah Goldberg, Stacey Martin, uh, and more. Uh, Curtis Vondy Hall. Come on, man. Sorry, uh, Curtis uh, Curtis Vondy Hall. Or is it Vondy Curtis Hall? Vondy Curtis Hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really good actor. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's great. Um, sorry, I just read the first couple names and that was it. Uh, I didn't go through everyone. Sorry, Eric. Well, it's all right. Um, no, uh, uh, premiered at the Sundance Film Festival uh, in 2020. Um, then it was picked up by uh, Searchlight, which is releasing it on today, August the 20th. Um, Eric, yes. what is the Nighthouse? Yeah. You stayed there last night. I so. sure did. So I, I have I have some knowledge, some prior history uh to the Nighthouse. But as you mentioned, in terms of it being a Sundance sort of uh breakout uh in 2020, Searchlight picked it up. Uh essentially what you have is um a film that kind of fits perfectly in the milieu of a lot of recent elevated horror movies whether they be midsummer or hereditary the ari aster films and it kind of is playing in that category a little bit where you know there are a lot of horror elements but ultimately it's a story about um grief, grief depression yeah. and loss um, more of a psychological drama than a horror movie until it isn't yeah, I guess. and we'll get into that as as we go about it. But Rebecca Hall stars as Beth, and in the wake of her husband's uh, tragic death, um, she's kind of going through the motions of trying to just stay afloat and put her life back together um, on her own. And um, it's the end of the school year; she's a teacher, so you know, she's trying to stay busy with work and she's a very sort of pragmatic person in general. Um, but soon she begins to hear, uh, voices, uh, electricity goes on and off kind of strange supernatural phenomenon begins occurring within her lake house estate, uh, in Utica, New York. Um, to the point where she believes that her late husband is trying to communicate with her uh, from the afterlife. And the further that the story goes along, the more it presents the idea that this could actually um, be legitimate and that it's not necessarily just psychological um, until it just spells it out completely for you and becomes um, a classic haunted house uh thriller and that's the stuff that i don't think works and it really tries to find kind of a meaningful medium between both the psychological and horror aspects of the story um and it doesn't stick the landing for me but um i do think hall as usually always is quite good even if her choice (laughs) to be in this movie you can kind of tell that she has 
her own sort of like interest in sort of doing things that are very repetitive in her own career. And, and we'll talk about um, a couple movies as well within her own filmography that she, she has a type basically uh, okay. when it comes to these movies. <clears throat> I get that. Uh, yeah. I dug it mostly. Um, I, I totally see what you're saying, but um, I think I liked kind of the atmospheric nature of each kind of night sequence as she, um, would randomly fall asleep or is she sleeping or is she not? But um, I said this, that it reminded me based on, I don't know how much we want to talk about exactly what's going on and things like because that. it leads into um, spoilers, right? Because yeah. there is, there is, a, there's, there's a certain piece of backstory that I yes, do think that's, is I don't, important yes. to the character. But <clears throat> if you talk about it, it kind of spoils what the third act is, but the idea is that Rebecca Hall, her character, Beth is somebody that, um, is, is fiercely autonomous. She's, she's very independent. Even after the story literally begins at, you know, her husband's wake slash funeral as and she's arriving home and yeah. she's arriving home. And the person that she's with gives her some, you know, food and says like, can I stay with you? And then she literally, you know, throws the food in the garbage and is just on, she prefers to be on her, on her own, even to the point where like, it's never mentioned, but you can kind of get this sense that like, maybe she didn't have the best home life with her family in terms of like having a good relationship and that she's always been very independent, maybe up until uh, her husband, Evan kind of came into the picture. And even then, mm-hmm. like she's always kept people at an arm's length. And we see that with the, her friendship with Sarah Goldberg of uh, HBO's Barry, where like she's trying to kind of get through to her and, and be there for her. But, Hall is always kind of just keeping her at a distance Mm -hmm. and obsessed with, you know, her, you know, husband's the secret life she kind of uncovers. And um, I said it reminded, and I won't go too deep into it. So you can read into this how you want, because I, I, it is an element that I actually really liked about the movie as more and more is revealed, but like there's some final destination element in there that I kind of like when you think about, you know, um, cheating death a little bit and and death is coming after you and and um i won't go too deep into that but i like that element and how it kind of plays out through the movie as more and more stuff is revealed and 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 i can weirdly talked about a link to the past which is a legend of zelda game um and i'm probably the only person who might ever compare this movie to the legend of zelda but um in a link to the past i remember as a kid for the super nintendo um an element that just blew my mind is like there was the dark world and the light world and you could travel in between the the light and it's done in movies and different things before too but my you know where my brain goes as a kid was like that was my first introduction to a concept like that so i kind of like the idea of this kind of you know whether a mirror universe or dark universe that like well um, mirror specifically um, david bruckner has said that he used mirror logic totally this film yeah and uh, so i didn't know whether to go into that fully but i think if he's talked about it then the mirror universe kind of thing and like i really like some of the editing of you know the transitions between her being conscious and her entering this kind of mirror universe and um and using this house kind of as a puzzle and kind of as this haunted house kind of thing. And the movie's not necessarily scary or, or a pure horror movie until like you said, Eric in the last act, but there is, there, there are, there are certain jump scares that are deliberate. There's one that's actually very effective in terms of how it kind of 
lures you into a false sense of security in a moment that's very sort of tender and vulnerable. (laughs) But there's also a great sort of little thing in that moment that I thought was fascinating with um, the aspect ratio changing um, in 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 a moment there that I thought was kind of interesting. Did I clue into that? Because that was know. the thing yeah. I was telling you to be. Yeah, to, yeah. To so which moment was that? Is it so a spoiler or no? It might be a spoiler, but it happens within this big jump scare that I'm talking right. about, where the frame for a second goes to full frame, like it's it's full screen. Oh, and interesting. it's just for like one the, shot for and, the jump scare. And yeah. literally I was like, is there something wrong with the TV? Uh-huh. And I went back and, and paused it and it literally yeah. goes back to its regular aspect ratio, but it changes. Oh, interesting. That's cool. And it's the only shot I... in the entire movie. As and well. I don't know if I even clued into that, but I think there were some effective jump scares with that editing and, and, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there is one moment specifically where it lures you into this false sense of security and then gets you with a really good jump scare that really got Nevis. And like, um, and I, I think that's what I admired most about the movie is that, yeah, it's kind of a psychological, uh, you know, um, drama about grief and with a really great performance from Rebecca Hall. It's mostly her. It's mostly single location and, and around this kind of titular night house. Um, there's, you know, s- scenes at a school and things like that. But I just love, you know, simple horror or simple single location kind of stuff, even from a script writing thing in my head of like the perfect, like it's the perfect, easy kind of not, e- I don't want to say easy because none of these movies are easy, but I just love that conceit of like, Hey, we have this really great location. Let's write the movie around this. We might do some shots in a couple other places, but it mostly takes place at this thing. And, you know, it plays with architecture and like, and, and hidden, you know, not hidden ghosts per se, but because they're, they're not hidden, but they're just revealed based on perspective or based on. Well, it's you know, an optical illusion, yeah. right? Like that's kind of see, that's the thing that I, I, I also don't like about the movie is that I feel David Bruckner, yeah. who, you know, I also just recently watched uh, The Ritual, which was his last film, which is about a group of friends that go on a, a trail hike after um, one of their their buddies uh, dies in a tragic, uh, uh, horrible um uh sort of uh what do you call it i'm i'm I'm, i can't believe i'm i'm blanking on this but like he literally it's like a uh a robbery and and it at a convenience store oh okay and and even though david bruckner didn't write this uh this film you can tell that his nighthouse or ritual uh the ritual you you, uh the no the ritual he did adapt but um the nighthouse he didn't write at all like he's just the director on this but both films their catalysts are based in tragedy that you have the characters mourning the loss of somebody. But the thing that drives me nuts with him and with both of these movies, they're very, very similar um, is that you'll have a character staring out into a space, you know, a blank kind of void. And it's usually, whether it be the architecture within the home or in the case of the ritual, it's, you know, the Swedish forest. And then, you know, the look did it play Tiff a couple of years ago? It did, and it was yeah. originally a film that uh, E One was going to distribute, but then Netflix picked it up. Right? And, okay. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you have characters staring out into the ether, and then they look away for a second and look back, and then something's moving. And I think that the night house is a little bit more effective because spoiler yeah. alert for the ritual: the ritual was literally called the British Blair Witch Project when it was being released. Um, but my biggest problem was with that movie as well <laughs> is that you had a third act that literally just becomes a monster movie and the monster looks like a moose with 
small arms and it becomes so goofy and over the top that doesn't become scary that all the goodwill built up to until then it just it 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 go it it dissipates and you're just left with a dumb creature feature this doesn't go as far to kind of burn you know what's come before in terms of rebecca hall's performance in terms of some of the jump scares in terms of the the sound design and soundscape that that's there but i do think that the third act and a lot of those kind of like clever sort of ticks in terms of creating um too many of, in the last act are like too many too in the frequent. last act and it just it gets to the point where it's annoying and i feel like it's over directed and that's my biggest problem where like you have a moment early on in this movie that's so well done that's not even horror related where you have hall's character in her class and one of the um students' mother comes in asking to change the grade because she took some personal time off, but she doesn't know the reason why she took uh, the personal time off. Uh, the Rebecca Hall's character took time off because of her husband um, uh, dying. And so the, the this mother doesn't know that. And you have this moment of, of pure, you know, anger and intensity and laser focus coming from hall where she's just like you know i have no time for this i'll just give the grade that you want and that moment i think is so well done and it's partly because of hall's performance yeah i agree but it's just effective because it's about you you never know what a person's going through and even when you assume somebody's going through something or you give them a little bit of sass it's like oh you know what everyone takes a personal vacation that doesn't necessarily mean that like you know you you should but it is none of your fucking business exactly Exactly. Like, yeah. And that scene is so well done. And has nothing when, to do with horror. It n- has like nothing to do too, with but... horror. And, and I love horror movies. And I feel like people that are non-horror fans will also really love that scene. But when it gets into the horror stuff in terms of you mentioned Final Destination, another movie it reminded me a little bit of is 13 Ghosts um, in terms of like the idea of what this house represents. Um, but once it gets into that third act, it just kind of is like the director's like, oh, I just got, I got to go back to to making like a, a a classic horror movie. Yeah, you know, and it, and it and it kind of burnt me a little bit by the time we got to the end, but not as yeah, much I, as the ritual because no, the I ritual totally is understand. just so annoying in that third act. I haven't watched the ritual, but like I I agree with you that I think I like the more psychological drama elements in her kind of dealing with you know each night uh, more than when everything comes to its climax in that final act and you know ultimately the the mysteries and the twists are revealed which you know um i could see from sort of i mean i called what what was going to happen in the movie um which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing but um it made for that last act just kind of playing out of going oh okay yeah i see what you're doing here rather than it being like uh which i think it's trying to be an aha like gotcha moment but but not the band aha um no god i keep breaking my desk this desk is falling apart is it a new Um, desk no no it's old we're moving soon so i'm gonna throw this in the trash but um but i did like like going back to it like that link to the past going into the dark mode i like the use of perspective in the architecture and in the optical illusions in the first two thirds of the movie i think there are some effective kind of background scares or background kind of oh like in whether it's you know the classic you know in the reflection of the door um window or and kind of things like that like there's some good stuff there that is more subtle um when it becomes a little bit more in your face in that last act i totally understand where you're coming from where it almost falls apart um and becomes maybe i mean you could argue um 
whether taking it literally or taking it as someone dealing with their grief and kind of uh, projecting it out in, into the world. Oh, but, I'm not um, bothered by that. I'm just yeah. bothered more so by the, the visual representation of it yeah, yeah. all in terms of I agree what that there was a lot. Like a every filmmaker. scene, every, you know, every shot had one of those in the last, you know, uh, moments of the movie. The but, forced perspective um, thing just does. It, it's just one of those, like the director is trying to be clever and, and, and to do it once or twice, but to do it in two movies, literally back to back and right. try. So to... I haven't seen the ritual. So maybe that's why it didn't bother me as much. Right. But, but there, yeah. yeah. But again, like watching it, he does. And he, again, he has this interest in sort of characters that have experienced this horrific trauma in their lives, sort of trying to get over it, but also reconcile with, you know, whether or not they had something to do with it or they didn't do enough in the situation. Like Rafe Spall character in the ritual is a guy who when he's in this convenience store with his friend who is horribly killed hides in the corner and does nothing and for you know six months until the the main story begins when they're on this hiking trail in in sweden going into norway you have sort of this dynamic between these other characters and you know he's thinking to himself or are they thinking that i'm the reason why you know our our friend dead, died yeah. you know and there's this thinking of like with hall's character in this that you know this idea of you never really know a person fully um and when they're gone you have regrets sometimes uh, of thinking like oh maybe i could have done more or or said something to 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 change the outcome of what happened and then when as you mentioned when she starts becoming obsessed with sort of this mystery around yeah. her husband she really starts to think like oh i didn't know this person completely and yeah. that's another that is something that i do find that is interesting where it's like you know you can you can see a person day to day they can be as close to you as a spouse or a you know a brother or sister or a parent and then yeah. when they're gone and if you're still around and you find things about them that you didn't know about and you're kind of like oh they never shared this with me and everybody has yeah. secrets and i kind of like that but i just again feel that the ultimate sort of unraveling of it doesn't really work right. even with the clever casting of Stacy Martin and in in terms of yeah. like I think that that is actually really well done in the sense of it's almost similar to Nocturnal Animals where you have you yeah. know Amy Adams and um and oh why am I God, forgetting why are we her blanking? name um not Amy Adams <laughs> <laughs> it's not Jessica Chastain um, no 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 because that's Bryce uh, Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain uh, that always get compared together um, yeah. Um, oh my god, we're both uh, garbage right now. Um, Someone's screaming it out. Uh, oh my god, I'm even on. Oh, Ilza Fisher. Ila Fisher, yeah, or Isla Fisher. Yeah. yeah, from the Beach Bum and things like and that. We're like, married to Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. Cohen where, yeah. where where you have that moment of like, okay, this like the 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 whether it was the director or whether it was the 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 casting director somebody was on point with that like in terms of like finding people that that look similar and and i like that whole mystery like i i actually do even though i ultimately said like oh i figured it out but i guess like you know good mysteries they should drop enough clues where if you're paying enough attention you should be able to kind of figure it out by the end you don't want something that just pulls something out of its ass to trick you just to trick you so like um ultimately like i and i think i was 
I was, you know, uh, the movie kept my attention throughout, whether it's those night sequences that I'm talking about where she goes into like the mirror universe or the day sequences where she's kind of investigating her husband's like secret life. And like you brought up Stacey Martin and there's some other people in the movie that, um, you know, I think it does an interesting job and like you and, and it's always intriguing to go, why? Why was he doing this? And then the more you learn about Rebecca Hall's past, and I've kind of alluded to that as well, and you understand why. Like, I liked how all of that came together. Maybe I don't love the execution in that third act, but I like where it came to or what it was saying um, and, and stuff like that. And I, again, I go back to like, uh, I tweet, I messaged you after being like, oh, this is the best Final Destination sequel uh, i've seen in a while and it's not exactly one-to-one but like i like the idea of that so and i think it was pretty well done yeah i mean again i think two-thirds of this movie are are pretty solid i just think that that third act is literally like you know let's let's go off the rails a little bit but it doesn't go off the rails as much as the ritual which literally just completely lost me and it's like a lot of like like even with with bruckner like i'm i'm still very um intrigued by him going on to do the hellraiser series next because that's what he's he's up to after this and um there's there's this sort of image this doll that's in the movie uh called the louvre doll and it looks almost like a cine a a cinebite and 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 it a cinnabon no a cinnabite cinnabites are the 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 creatures in hellraiser the like pinheads and things like of course you haven't. Um, sorry, I sound like an asshole there, but like, of course. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, it, like I, you can tell what that image is like, oh, you know, like I just got hired to uh, uh, direct the Hellraiser uh, series. So I'm going to I'm going to put something in there that's like a little Easter egg to me, you know, uh, putting this together. And he admitted it, too, that that's the reason why that that image is in, in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's not because it was in the script. It was literally it's like, like when Pixar puts in one of their characters in the previous movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know what it is about him that bothers me so much. It's just like you have these two movies that you've done back to back because you went from the ritual to this. And, you know, there was time in between, obviously. But it just is like you have a decent enough concept that's, as you mentioned, not simplistic, but not easy to you know convey and 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 what it's doing like to pull it off you need to be somewhat astute and he just he blows it both times and i'm just kind of like dude you know this was so easy you had a great actor you you, she's great and we haven't talked about that enough well she's very 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 expressive but, but but again speaking of her i mentioned that she has a type both the awakening which is another film that she was in um back i think almost 10 years ago now where she plays this paranormal investigator that debunks paranormal events and and haunted houses until she finds one that's actually real that played at tiff nine ten years ago now um Mm -hmm. which i think is a better movie uh and then on top of that it also weirdly reminded me, maybe this is another reason why I don't like it as much as, as some people do, is it did remind me weirdly of, of Transcendence, which she's also in, which is a story about a husband who dies, but then comes back to life in some <laughs> yeah, form yeah. and haunts her. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, 
God, Transcendence, what, a bad what, movie. What are a you doing, man? Like, you're so good. And it just looks like you're picking very similar films to do. And I just kind of feel like it's like, again, with David Bruckner, it's like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Maybe not necessarily her, because she's done other stuff in between that. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just like, okay, you know, this is your wheelhouse, so to speak. Fair. Fair. Um, I ultimately thought it was effective atmospheric horror with some, you know, interesting psychological thriller mystery elements and with a really good performance. And I um, I like kind of the final destination aspect as well as the kind of light and dark universe. So like, I, I actually ultimately really, um, really enjoyed it. I'm going to give, I do agree with you that that last act um, maybe fumbles a bit, but it didn't ruin it for me. So I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I'll give it a three out of five. I know I sounded a lot harsher, but again, yeah. like I just feel that this movie could have been great. And this, and it was two thirds of a really solid, yeah. you know, chamber piece. And it just wafts in that final act. And it's like, again, like you, you got to stick the landing. So I understand yeah. like you, it's going to be the thing people remember. So, and I mean, many, many people have talked about that. It doesn't matter if you fucking crushed it for the first two thirds like if you fumble that last act that's what people are going to remember so like i, totally I love understand. whiplash and i know you yeah. were more mixed on it yeah but i'd have again, to watch it but yeah. the reason why people i think a lot of people do love that film so much speaking of last acts is that last scene yeah and if you have a scene like that in your movie it can save you too right that is the true takeaway and i and i guess the other thing i i, I think we should mention before we wrap things up i i really did like the casting uh, i think sarah goldberg is good but i also can't like between this and the report i can't see her in anything like every time she gets a role in a movie i always think of her character in barry getting a mm -hmm. role in a, in a movie mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> I just think, and like, she's I playing her she's playing her character <laughs> yeah in this yeah because i mean yeah. she's basically playing the best friend who's concerned and that's yeah. a nothing role in in any movie that's usually like not just horror but like in like romantic comedies or any genre it's like you can't really do much with that other than just kind of like be, you know, a supportive shoulder to sort of lean on when you need it. And she, she does fine. She's good. And, and it's just, it's not a really a big role. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, thank you all for listening. We have a lot more stuff that you guys can check out right here on untitled movie reviews. We just posted our review for Paw Patrol, the movie. So, um, if you're into psychological horror movies about grief, uh, Paw Patrol, uh, is completely different, but go check that out. Uh, we have reviews up for the first three episodes of Marvel Studios What If, uh, Vivo over on Netflix, Annette, which is now available on Prime Video, um, uh, Free Guy, uh, The Suicide Squad, The Green Knight, Jungle Cruise, Stillwater, Zola, G.I. Joe Georgians, um, lots of stuff right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. You might have seen our new look. That is because our 100th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast is uh on august 23rd uh monday august 23rd so you can go back and listen to you know 97 98 99 we went back to a weekly format there's some good stuff there a conversation with tim getty some midnight madness chat i went bowling i went on vacation eric opened presents from his papa um we talk about cine club and movie club so there's lots of stuff that you guys can go check out right now but our 100th episode 
I don't know if there's going to be anything special, but it will be episode 100. Um, it's exciting. Our biggest thing is a kind of new look. So if you go to the website, untitledmoviepodcast.com, or if you go to the letterbox, which is Untitled Podcasts, um, if you go to our social channels, you'll see the new look. So um, go check all of that out and then make sure you guys uh, uh, tune in to episode 100 over on Untitled Movie Podcast, that channel. There's also Untitled Movie Conversations. If you're into horror and stuff like that, uh, Phantom City Creative, we have a great conversation up with them, as well as, uh, you know, I mentioned Tim Gettys coming over to the main show. We have conversations with both Joey Noel and Nick Scarpino um, as well over there. So um, go check those out. Um, and yeah, our letterbox will be the one-stop shop for everything. So go check that out untitled podcast over on letterboxd uh thank you for listening as always my name is matt rohrbeck you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all of those social medias at matt rohrbeck and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time our apologies to ilza fisher yeah <laughs> thanks bye